Would you like a spot of tea, love? Yes, that would be lovely, darling. Presenting English in a Teacup, your guide to learning English one sip at a time. Hello there and welcome to English in a Teacup, your guide to improving your spoken and written English one sip at a time. My name is Charlotte Prudent and this week I have some rather disturbing news about our fine English lady, Miss Finestocrat. For those of you who listened to the announcement a few days ago, you will already know that Miss Finestocrat staged a robbery in a tea shop in London. Not really the behaviour you would expect from a fine English lady, but as Miss Finestocrat said in the last episode, needs must. An expression that means that due to necessity, we are sometimes forced to take drastic action. This week, we will find out what happened to poor Miss Finestocrat, as well as learn some new vocabulary related to the topic of crime and punishment. In addition, we will cover the grammar topic of the third conditional. Lots of new things to learn today, but first, let's start by taking a sip of tea. Now we can get started. Well, darlings, where do I start? I am not proud of my actions, but as I said before, needs must. The manager of the tea shop was cooperative, although very confused at first. Why would you want to steal from a tea shop? He asked me as I pointed my gun at him. Why not a jewellery store or a bank? Certainly not. I answered, I'm not some low-class robber with no imagination. I am a fine English lady who only requires two things in life, money and tea. I need money to maintain my lifestyle and a lifetime supply of my favourite blends to feed my tea addiction. Would you be so kind as to fill this bag for me? Thank you, darling. Unfortunately, the robbery did not go as planned. It was one of the most shameful moments of my life when I was apprehended and taken into custody. Geoffrey, my solicitor, has informed me that what I did is far from a petty crime, but certain mitigating circumstances could reduce my sentence. Firstly, the gun was not loaded, and the hostages said I was very polite and considerate with them. Indeed, I behaved like a fine English lady throughout the incident. Well, apart from the occasions when I was waving a hunting rifle in their faces. When I was brought before the judge in the first court hearing, I immediately pleaded guilty, so there was no need to go to trial. Jeffrey thinks that in light of the fact that it was my first offence, the judge will probably give me a light sentence. Besides, 
He used to play golf every Sunday with my late husband. I'm sure that counts for something. Thankfully, I only had to spend a few hours in a prison cell before I was granted bail. Now, as I sit here in my living room, I wonder whether this is the last time I will be able to enjoy the comforts of my home. Tomorrow, I could well be put behind bars with all manner of ghastly criminals. I blame my late husband entirely. In fact, if it hadn't been for his stupidity, I wouldn't have got into such terrible trouble financially. If he had only not thrown all his money down the drain, I would have been quite well off when he passed away. But oh no, I was forced to go out in search of a job like common people. If he had only been a little bit more careful with money, I would have been able to dedicate my time to my favourite leisure pursuits, reading, gardening, and of course, tea making. Instead, I am sitting here in my beautiful living room, without a penny to my name, and a criminal record. I am so nervous about tomorrow when I will have to stand before the judge to hear his sentence. What if he sends me down for ten years? I could not possibly survive that long. Who on earth is that? Hello? Why? Hello, Charles, darling. What a relief. I have been saved from the terrible fate of imprisonment. Sometimes it's very handy to have friends in high places who can do these small favours in one's hour of need. But that still leaves one problem. What on earth am I going to do with the rest of my life? I wonder what friends in high places Miss Finestocrat is referring to. We will have to find out next time. However, in the meantime, she has left us with some new words and phrases which we can use to talk about crime and punishment. Let's have a look at some of them. Let's start with types of crimes. Crimes can be divided into two categories, serious and petty. Examples of serious crimes could be murder, killing someone, burglary, when you steal from someone's house, or in Miss Finestocrat's case, armed robbery, stealing from a place like a shop or bank while in possession of a weapon, like a gun. The opposite of serious crimes are petty crimes. These could include pickpocketing, stealing someone's phone or wallet in a public place, vandalism, spraying graffiti on walls or damaging property, drug possession. In the UK, at least, it is not a major crime to have cocaine or cannabis on your person or 
underage drinking, people under the age of 18 consuming alcohol. Now, let's look at some aspects of the British legal system using the example of Miss Finestocrat's crime. Would you like three or four sugars in your tea, darling? It was one of the most shameful moments of my life when I was apprehended and taken into custody. To apprehend, to arrest. After committing armed robbery, Miss Finestocrat is arrested by police and taken into custody. To take someone into custody means to take someone to the police station for questioning. When I was brought before the judge in the first court hearing, I immediately pleaded guilty. So there was no need to go to trial. So, from the police station, Miss Finestocrat was taken to a court, a building and institution where legal representatives present the charges. Charges? What crimes Miss Finestocrat is accused of in a session that is called a court hearing. The most important representative in this session is the judge. The person who will later decide what punishment Miss Finestocrat will receive for her crimes. Miss Finestocrat accepts the charges, she pleads guilty. If someone does not accept the charges, they will plead not guilty. Their case is then taken to trial. A trial is a legal process where evidence is given and the legal representatives decide if the person is guilty or not guilty of the crime. Geoffrey, my solicitor, has informed me that what I did is far from a petty crime, but certain mitigating circumstances could reduce my sentence. So, important note here. The word lawyer is generally considered an American term. In the UK, the work of a lawyer is divided into two professions, solicitor and barrister. A solicitor is the legal representative who usually stays in the office, offering legal advice and preparing legal documentation for the court. A barrister is the legal representative who appears in court to represent the case of their client. So Jeffrey is Miss Finestocrat's solicitor. He gives her legal advice, he organizes the paperwork, and he negotiates with the other legal representatives to reduce her sentence. Jeffrey is confident that Miss Finestocrat will get a light sentence. Sentence is a legal term for punishment due to certain mitigating circumstances. But what are mitigating circumstances? Mitigating circumstances are factors that admittedly don't justify the crime or excuse the criminal, but they give the legal representatives a better understanding of the situation and the motivation of the criminal. In Miss Finestocrat's case, she explains, the gun was not loaded and the hostages said I was very polite and considerate with them. 
Jeffrey thinks that, in light of the fact that it was my first offence, the judge will probably give me a light sentence. So the mitigating circumstances were that she did not have any intention of killing anyone, and she did not use physical violence against the hostages. Quick note on vocabulary: hostages are people who are captured or kept somewhere. Against their will, in the case of the robbery, they are also witnesses—a word to describe the people who saw the crime take place. Another mitigating circumstance is that she had never done anything illegal before. Well, that's not quite true. She did hit a man with a state-of-the-art eye kettle in episode two, and she also threw all her housemates' things out of the window in episode five. But it is true she was never charged. Armed robbery was her first offence. Thankfully, I only had to spend a few hours in a prison cell before I was granted bail. Miss Finestercrat was allowed to leave prison and return home while waiting for the judge's sentence. She was granted bail. It is probable that she had to pay a certain amount of money to be able to leave and return home, but at least for that day, she wouldn't be behind bars. Behind bars in prison. Now let's take a look at the grammar section. While Miss Finestercrat sits in her living room, she starts thinking about the factors that led to her misfortune. She is sorry that they happened and imagines a hypothetical situation in which they did not happen. If he hadn't thrown all his money down the drain, I would have been quite well off when he passed away. Here is an example of the third conditional. If her late husband hadn't wasted all his money, Miss Finestercrat would have been in a better economic situation now. Let's study the structure with the following sentence: If he had only been a little bit more careful with money, I would have been able to dedicate my time to my favorite leisure pursuits. We're going to concentrate on the first part that contains the word "if." If he had only been a little bit more careful with money, if plus past perfect, had or hadn't plus past participle. In this case, been. The part of the sentence directly after "if" refers to something that did not happen. Miss Finestercrat's husband was not careful with money, but Miss Finestercrat is imagining a hypothetical situation in which he was careful with money. Let's think of our own example. You are sitting in a cafe, and a pickpocket steals your wallet. How would you describe a hypothetical situation where this theft didn't happen? Using if, let me give you a few seconds to think about it.
So the structure is if plus past perfect had or hadn't plus past participle. So one option could be if a pickpocket hadn't stolen my wallet or if my wallet hadn't been stolen by a pickpocket. Now let's look at the second part of the third conditional. If he had only been a little bit more careful with money, I would have been able to dedicate my time to my favourite leisure pursuits. Would or wouldn't have plus past participle, in this case, been. This part of the sentence describes a hypothetical result or consequence that would have occurred if the situation had been different. So, in the case that Miss Finestocrat's husband had organised his financial situation a little better, his wife would not have been forced to work, but instead would have enjoyed her favourite hobbies. Let's go back to our example about the pickpocket. Imagine the following scenario. Because the pickpocket had stolen your wallet, you didn't have enough money to pay for your coffee. If a pickpocket hadn't stolen my wallet, how could you finish the sentence? I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. There are various options, but for example, we could say, if a pickpocket hadn't stolen my wallet, I would have been able to pay for my coffee. Or, if a pickpocket hadn't stolen my wallet, I would have had the money to pay for my coffee. Oh, that was a rather lovely spot of tea. Do come again. Well, that is all we have time for today. You will find the PDF for this episode in the description as usual. Remember to tune in next week when we will continue the topic of conditionals along with the subject of modal perfects, as Miss Finestocrat wonders what she is going to do after almost going to prison. She has been given a second chance, but how does she plan to use it? We will find out next week. In the meantime, you can join in the November competition by clicking the link in the description or following me on my Instagram at English in a Teacup, where I will be providing videos, quizzes and new vocabulary for every episode in my podcast. See you next time for English in a Teacup, naturally served with a lovely spot of tea. Thank you.